Parsha's Vaichi. It says in the Posuk, in the beginning of the Parsha, Vayivorech es Yosef vayoymar hu Elohim asher hishalchu avoysay lefonov Avrom v'yitzchok hu Elohim horoya oisim e'oidi at hayoyim hazeh. So Yaakov says to Yosef, the Eibishter asher hishalchu avoysay lefonov who my fathers walked before him. We find this lotion is used very often. It says, Chanoich walked with HaKadosh Borchu. Avram Avinu Hashem says to him, Walk before me and become perfect, become Tomin. The very first Halacha in Shulchan Aruch, the Ramah says, Hagah, the first Hagah of Shulchan Aruch, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Somit, who klal Godol Vatoyrev Umalis Hatzadikim, Asher Holchim Lefneholikim. This is a Mila of Tzadikim that walk before Hashem. So we got to know, it seems to be a very important Yesoid in Yiddishkeit. This walking before Hashem. What does it mean? What does it have to do with our lives and holchim lifnei Hashem? So, to explain this, I'll tell you a Misa. There was a Yid who lived in Eretz Yisrael. His name was Elazar Tzadok Torchin. He was a Talmud of Hebron Yeshiva. He grada was partnered with Reb Chaim Kanievsky in writing the Sefer Shoina Halochis. And when he was younger, he spent time by the Chazanish. So one day he comes into the Chazanish to talk and learning, and the Chazanish says to him, you know, sometimes this treftzach, you'll find a person that all of a sudden he leaves the derech of Yiddishkeit. He says, he's a person, he's learning, he's davening, and all of a sudden, from one day to the next, he's gone. Vice taste is something rotten within that person. So, Rabbi Sodik thought that somehow the Chazoinish is talking about him. And in the middle, he just ran out of the house. He ran for his life. He was afraid the Chazoinish is criticizing him. I'm rotten on the inside. And he runs out of the house, and he's walking around Bnei Barak, like in, in the cloud. And a friend of his says, Rabbi what's going on? You look like uh, something terrible happened. So he tells him, Chazonish just told me there's something rotten within me. I don't know what to do. He said, listen, Chazonish didn't mean you. Let's go back. He probably has something very special to tell us. So he schleps him back to the Chazonish. The Chazonish says, of course it didn't mean you. I wanted to tell you something. He said, I wanted to tell you that sometimes there are such people and what's the problem? 
what is the problem that a person can grow up and learn Torah, and the person can daven, and the person can do mitzvahs, and he can be medoctic in mitzvahs, and one day, poof, it's all gone. He says the problem is that he's not bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu into his life. He's not hoyleich lefnei him. So how do you do it? He says, what, what should he do? How does a person create that besides just doing the mitzvahs like a robot, you do it because you have a personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what we all need. We all need to have a personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It can't be that we live as Yidin to do things without feeling, without hergish, without a dveikas. We just, I do it because I do it. My father did it, my grandfather did it. It has to be I have a Kesha with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It says, how do you create that? You have to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. All day long. Whatever it is, talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Somebody once came to the Chazanish, and the Chazanish noticed that his shoes are all torn. He said, why don't you buy yourself a new pair of shoes? So he said, I have no money. So he says, why don't you ask the boy and show him for money? So he says, I should ask the boy for money for a pair of shoes? Pasnisht. You know, I talked to HaKadosh Baruch Hu about big things. A pair of shoes? He says, Avada, you got to ask Hashem for everything. You talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, you ask Him for anything. There's nothing too small to ask HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If you're a kid, and your father maybe is the God Hador, but you should be able to ask your father for candy. I want sour sticks. Your father's the God Hador, he's busy writings for him. But his kid wants sour sticks, he goes to the store and buys the kid sour sticks. Because it's your kid. And if a child can't ask his father, he's a yosem, b'chayi You talk to your father about anything. A person should talk to the rabbi about everything he does. Whatever it is. Now guys are going to go and say, okay, I'm going to daven that the Orioles should win the pennant. We don't daven for miracles. That's a different story. <laughs> but as I did this, I told the story many times. There was a lady. Well, the story starts off in Ashdod. There was a bus that went from Ashdod when, when Eged still did not service Ashdod. It was a new Kehillah. So they had a bus, a private bus, that did a run from Ashdod to Bnei Brak and to Haifa and came back. So maybe it did this once or twice a day. That was it. There was no public bus service. So one day the bus leaves uh, Ashdod, and uh, there happens to be a soldier. He asked the bus driver, could you drop, drop me off at near Galim, which was on the, on the, on the highway on the way. So he says, recovered Godel. He pulls into near Galim by the bus stop there, and there's an old lady waiting there. And she says to him, are you going to Haifa? He says, yes. So she says, uh, and then she runs back and she gets all her peklach, all the rebeim on the bus got off and helped her load her peklach on the bus. And then the driver turns to her as he's pulling out, he says, uh, Mama, why were you waiting here for a bus to Haifa? She says, what do you mean? You came, so there was a bus to Haifa. He says, I understand, but 
I never come here. It, the only reason I came here today is because I took this chayal and I dropped them off. What were you waiting for the bus? She said, I don't understand you. You came, no? He says, let me explain. I never come. This was the first time in history I stopped over here. What were you waiting for? She said, listen, I needed a bus to Haifa. They told me, go to the other side of the street. There's a bus that goes to Ashdod. If you catch that bus, maybe tomorrow you can get a ride to Haifa. I said, I'm an old lady. It's hard for me to take my peklach across the street. It's hard for me to go to Ashdod to wait for a bus to Haifa. Send me a bus. So you came. So he said, you mean to say you daven to Hashem for the bus and I came? That's what I said. Azoyidus. She needs a ride to Haifa. The boy, she it to a bus. Now, I'm not telling you that uh, you should stand outside the yeshiva building and say, I need a ride to doggies and all of a sudden some car service is going to pull up. But um, you can try it. But I'll call upon him. This is the idea. A person can daven to HaKadosh for everything. Tversky says over, he says, I was once standing by the Kaisel, and I heard the best filler I ever heard. The Yid davening, and then I hear him say, Rabbi I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I spoke to you about that yesterday, uh, let me talk about something else. He was talking to HaKadosh Baruch like he was on the phone with his friend, and he wasn't on the phone with his friend. That's the way a Yid has to daven, and, and a person should feel I can have that Keshe with that. I can ask Hashem for anything I need at any time of the day. Just talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tefillah does that. Someone once asked the Chazanish, they said, why when you daven Shemona Esrei, we say, Atachoyneim v'shteitzach, Hashiveinu avinu l'sorosecha v'shteitzach, Slachlonu v'shteitzach, but all the other brachas, Many of the other brachas, what, you should daven for Parnosa. You're davening to Hashem. What are you talking about Gashmi is for? So the Chazori said, you don't understand. HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows what we need. You have to tell HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Rabbi I need brains. He knows that. I need you to let me do tshuva. He knows that too. I need Parnosa. Rabbi knows that also. So why do you have to daven? Hashem wants you to have a relationship with him. The purpose of davening is to create a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to talk to him. I've said many times, the Pesach says, Uparo Hikriv. By the Yamsuf, it says, Uparo Hikriv. Paro came close. But the problem is the word Hikriv means Paro brought close, not Paro came close. So Rashi says he brought himself close. But the Medrash says a different pshat, that he brought Klal Yisroel close to Hashem. And the Medrash tells a miser about a king who was with a, a bunch of his soldiers walking through the forest, and he hears a lady calling, help, help. And so uh, everybody, the, the, the king goes running in, and he saves her from the robbers who were trying to steal from her, and she falls into his arms, and he takes her to the palace, and she becomes the queen. No, time goes by, and she's not talking to him. 
And so something is wrong. Something's wrong with the marriage. He calls a meeting with his uh, council, and he says, what should I do with the queen? She's not talking to me. They said, yeah, you have to, you have to, you have to set up another robbery and save her a second time, and maybe it'll be love at second sight. So, okay, that's what he does. He hires Ganovim. They come, and uh, he rides in on his big white dirt, and he throws the robbers into the dirt, and everything is now repaired, and he meets his bashert. Everything is gavaldic. And so uh, it's love at second sight. So this is the medrash, a little bit of a my, my high uh, to it, but I'll go upon the medrash is teaching that the Rebbeinu Shalom wants us to talk to him. So he sends Paro. Why does he send Paro? Not because he wants us to have problems. He wants us to scream out to him. He says, I want to hear from you. You're my children. Talk to me. A year is to talk to Kodesh Baruch Because Hashem is like a father. And you have to know that a father's love for a child is ad ein shir. There's a mice with Rabbi Arye Shechter. He had a daughter who was crippled. And one day he's walking with her in a wheelchair. She's in a wheelchair. And he's in some place near Ramat Shlomo. This is like a mountain or whatever. And she says to him all of a sudden, Abba, do you love me? He says, of course I love you. She says, do you love me enough that you would do anything for me? He says, I would do anything for you. He says, Abba, can you please push me off the top of the cliff? I don't want to live anymore. He says, I can't do that. He says, but you said you love me and you would do anything I ask. At that point, somebody had dropped the cigarette on the floor. So he says to his daughter, Shefala, you see that cigarette? You see the light in that cigarette? He said, that's my love for you. You see the sky, you see the sun, how bright the sun is. That's HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love for you. I could do it, but it wouldn't be fair because HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves you more than you can imagine. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu is trying to keep you alive. I couldn't do that to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And she said, Tati, I understand. Okay. You have to realize how much HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves every one of us. We're his children, and he wants to hear from us, and he wants to have a relationship with us, and he wants you to talk to him. And you have a shaykhis to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. You can talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu 24 hours a day. You're not going to get a busy signal. You can talk Every single time, the computers are never down. HaKadosh Baruch was always there. It was a Misa, Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein tells over a Moiradika story. He gives a shear once a week to doctors. He finished his shear, he came out, there's an older doctor standing there and very, very emotional. He's carrying a little bag with him and he says, what's going on? Can I help you? Something the matter? And he takes the sitter out, and it's a little sitter that children get when they buy a sitter party. And so Yitzhak Zilber says, what's the story with the sitter? <coughs> so he says to him, I want you to know, I got married 15 years ago. We were married several years. We had no children. We went to doctor after doctor, and the doctors told us, there's something wrong, we can never have children. 
So we adopted a little boy. I don't, I don't think they told the boy he was adopted. They adopted him very young, and they treated him like their own child. They loved him as much as any parent could love a child. He said, a few months ago, they had a sitter party in school. My son got his sitter. And he came home, he was so excited. He was mamish, like, you, you couldn't imagine the joy that he had. He was shining. He came home from school, he was still shining and, and bursting with delight. And I said to him, what are you so excited about? He said, I got a sitter. I said, I know you got a sitter, but, but you're like so happy. It's like not every kid gets a sitter. You know, you get over it. He said, yeah, but Tati, now that I have a sitter and I know how to daven, I can daven that I should have a little brother. I'm so excited I can daven for a brother. And he says, we felt so terrible. How could we tell him that we can't have children? You'll never have a brother. But he was so excited that he was going to daven with his sitter and have a brother. At that point, the doctor got very emotional and he said, that was nine months ago. Today, we celebrated the bris of our first child. A little kid wants a baby brother. And Alpi medicine, it's not shayach. But he has a sitter. And he's going to dive into Hashem. And Hashem's reaction is, my kid, you want a brother? How can I say no? You're davening to me. You're talking to me. Say, Tati, give me a brother. Kodesh Baruch gave him a brother. So you have to know. It says in the Parsha, also this week's Parsha, Kodesh Yaakov Avinu says to Yosef, Minu sati lechem shechem achar alachecha, I took the city of Shechem from the Amori with my sword and my bow. Targum Unklus translates, what is the sword and the bow? Bitzlusi ubibousi. My tzilois and my bakoshes. So there's a meshechachma, this is a muridik pshat. What is the pshat a sword and what is the pshat in a bow? He says there's two types of tfilois that we daven. There's the standard Shmoina Esrei which was written by the Anshe Knesses Hagedoyla. The tfilois that were written by the Anshe Knesses Hagedoyla have so much power. They contain every possible kavona, every possible bakosha. The deepest kavonas are hidden in the words of Shemona you can't imagine. The, the shalshelas advorim from the beginning of creation till the end, it's all there. And you daven that Shemona Esrei specifically, you daven it with a tzibor, your tefillah will be accepted. If you have kavona, noch besser. Vilna Goyen says, if you have kavona when you daven, it's like bringing a korban, a korban oila that has life, that has blood, it has energy. You daven without kavona, it's like a korban mincha that has no blood, it has nothing in it. But it's a tefillah, and it's accepted because it's a tefillah that has power. That tefillah is like a sword. A sword, if you touch it, it's going to cut you. It doesn't need any force. 
you touch the sword, you get cut. Then there's a tefillah that's like the arrow. That's your own tefillah. Your own tefillah that you daven is like a bow. You want to shoot an arrow. If you touch the arrow, nothing's going to happen to you. It depends how far back you pull back the bow. The harder you pull it, the stronger it will fly. The more you have kavana, the harder and better your tefillah will be. But that's the tefillah you can daven at any time, whenever you want. And if you daven with your heart, you're shooting an arrow that will go straight to the kisei hakavod. And you can use that tefillah whenever you choose. And you can daven for anything. There was a girl who lived in the city of Mir many years ago. I think her name was Miriam Fetter. And she was very short. And she was, an, she was a Yesoyma. She had no father. And she wanted to marry somebody who wants to dedicate his life to learning. Now, she had many things going against her. She was short. She also didn't have a father who could support somebody in learning. But she was determined she's not going to marry anyone but a ben Years went by, all her friends are married, she's still single. She got a job as a librarian to make some money. One day she's sitting in the library, it's a brachin, nothing's happening, nothing's working, she's not no shidduch, she's already getting older. She decides to write a letter to HaKadosh Baruch She puts all her emotions in the letter. I'm waiting for a shidduch, I'm looking for somebody, I want to support someone in learning, I want a husband who's going to be a ben and I'm alone in the world, and I have nobody, you are the father of all Yisoyimim and Yisoyimais, and she puts it all on the paper. And she puts it in an envelope. And she writes in the envelope, Liavinu Shabashamayim. And she goes outside to a garden. She waits for a gust of wind and she lets go of the envelope. And the wind takes it someplace. A couple of days later, there's a bocher, Yitzhak Davidowitz, taking a walk. He's chazering a sugya, going outside for some fresh air to think and learning. And he's walking in one of the parks in the mirror, and he sees a letter in one of the bushes. So he figures, let me see, I can do a Shabbos Aveda. And he sees the cover of the letter says, Ovinu So this is a shtickle intriguing. So he opens up the letter and he reads it. And he reads it, and he reads it, and he reads it. And he goes to Reb El Yaborach Kamai, the Rosh Yeshiva in the mirror at the time, and he says... I want to marry this girl. And I had to figure out who this girl was. But I'll call upon him, they found out. And they got married. And he became a mashgiach in the yeshiva in Minsk. His talmidim were Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, Rabbi Ruderman, and Rabbi Ron Kalmanovich. All learned under him. And she wrote a letter to Tati. She just let it go in the, in, 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 the, in the street and it found its way. A person has to know 
you can talk to Hashem. I tell Bochum all the time, how do you daven with Kavona? How do you stand there by Shemona Esrei? You know, it's the same thing every day, three times a day, you know, and it gets kind of boring, so you sit there, you shuckle a little, you sway a little, you do the, you know, the lake would shuffle, the tells are float, uh, you know, whatever you do, you know, but the, you daven. How do I make it an into, into experience of dvekas? Talk to Hashem. Find a place, talk in English. Just pour out your heart. Find a time, just talk in English to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and just open up your heart and talk. And you'll have kavana because you're talking in Mamalash and you're saying what you know, you understand what you're saying, you're speaking from your heart, whatever it is. And the Bosham listens. Rabbi Limelech Biederman says a Moedika story. He says there was a chasna. There's a balas tshuva getting married. So many women came to be there for the simcha. So one woman came, she wanted to say mazel tov to the mother of the kala. You know, you want to make sure the girl's a balas tshuva. You want to get the mother to be the simcha too. She couldn't find the mother. So she looks around, she finds the mother sitting in the kitchen, looking very tzabrachim. She says, Mazel tov, Mazel tov, what's the matter? Your daughter's getting married. You don't look so besimcha. She says, how could I be besimcha? My daughter just turned her back on the family. She went and became a balas tshuva. She walked away from the family. I have three children who did the same thing. All my daughters went away and they became balas tshuva and they just left the family. Maybe she should check her mezuzah. So what's going on? I don't know. But, you know, everyone's becoming balas tshuva. And so the woman is talking to her and she says, uh, you know, I once went to a seminar, but, you know, I listened to what they said, uh, but, you know, it didn't, didn't talk to me. I walked away from the seminar. It didn't change me. And then she said, you know, at the seminar they, they gave out, everyone got a, a piece of paper with a prayer, and they said, if you say this prayer every day, you will have a lot of success. So she says, I don't keep anything, but I say this prayer every day. So um, the woman said, do you by any chance have it with you? She said, yeah. She said, can I see it? So she shows it to her. It was the tefillah of the shalah that you daven ever shvuas for hatzlocha with your children. It's a tefillah that you daven that your children should be b'nei teira and b'nei teira. She, she said, I know how to read Hebrew, but I don't know a word what it means. So she's davening this tefillah every day, and she has all her children becoming balei tshuva. Because of her tefillah, she doesn't even know what she's saying. But she's talking to Hashem. And you never know, there was a yid boruch haimen, he gave shiurim, hundreds of people came. Tremendously matzliach. Someone once asked him, from vanet nemtzach yir hatzlocha. So he said, I'll tell you the truth. My grandfather was a yid by the name of Zalman Oren, who was not a shomer Shabbos. He was the minister of education under David Ben-Gurion. Now, when Ben-Gurion was the prime minister in the state of Israel, he met with the Chazanish. 
there was a big machloikis, and Ben Gurion wanted to meet with the Chazanish to discuss the, the sheet of the Chazanish. Ben Gurion met with the Chazanish, and he was blown away by the Chazanish. So he said to Zalman Oren, he said, I want you to know, the man is a maluch. That's what Ben Gurion said about the Chazanish. He said, he's a maluch. So Zalman Oren's wife was not Shemera Shabbos, but she was Makbit to light Shabbos candles. And when she lit her Shabbos candles, she would daven like all Jewish mothers. And so she davened that her Enikloch and her children should grow up to be like David Ben-Gurion. But when she heard that Ben-Gurion said that the Chazanish is a Malach, she said, listen, if Ben-Gurion himself holds the Chazanish is a Malach, I may as well daven that my Enikloch should turn out like the Chazanish. And that's why she had an Enikloch called Boruch Haiman, who was a Moridika Magachir and a Moridika Talmud Chacham. Rabbin Pinchas from Koritz was once davening Shmon Esri. Finished Shmon Esri, was up to Yil Arotzen, so someone was standing next to him, eavesdropping on his Shmon Esri. And he hears that Rabbi Pinchas from Koritz is saying, Rabbi Nisham, don't let the Meshoris leave, don't let the Meshoris leave, don't let the Meshoris leave. So this guy overheard, he ran to the other Hasidim, he said, he's davening, the Meshoris shouldn't leave, the Meshoris, Mestomis, the Malach, the Knesset, the Knesset Yisrael, this grace at Tzoros are going to happen, where vase was Tutsuch and Shemayim, the Meshoris is going to leave, who knows what that is, that's the Malach, the Knesset Yisrael, and so all the Hasidim come to Rabbi Pinchas from Koritz, Rebbe, Rebbe, what's the, what's the Meshoris is leaving? He says, what are you talking about? My wife is a cleaning lady. She's going back to Jamaica. So I'm davening Rebbeishim, don't let the Meshoris leave. My wife is old. It's very hard to break in a new cleaning lady. So I'm davening to Hashem, don't let the Meshoris leave. It's Hakstak Yisrael. I'm davening Poshet that the Meshoris, the cleaning lady, should stay. You know how hard it is to find a cleaning lady? Huh? That's a yes to Davin. That has to be who we are. David HaMelech says, Vanisafila. What does it mean, Vanisafila? Huh? My name is Art Scroll. I'm Grata Feldheim. What does it mean, Vanisafila? The shot is like this Meshulach comes to your house. You invite him in, takes out his paper has a cardboard paper from Rabbi Heinemann. This Yid comes from Eretz Yisrael. He has a yeshiva with 300 bachrim, and uh, he's also collecting Machnosis Kala, standard donation. Okay, you give him a check. Doorbell rings again. Another Yid, Machnosis Kala. He has five children. He's marrying off his fifth child. He's in debt, $150,000. He needs money, standard donation. Okay. The doorbell rings again, you open the door. There's a guy there in tattered clothing. He looks like a skeleton. He can barely talk. His face is white. He looks like chalk. He looks like a skeleton straight from a concentration camp. Does this guy need to show you a letter from the Chazanish? The Yid in front of you has not eaten in 14 years. Please give him something to eat. You need Rabbi Heinemann to write, generous donation? Eralein is the tefillah, Vanisa Fila. He is the tefillah. He doesn't need a letter. He doesn't need anything. You look at him and you say, Rabbit, come in. Let me give you something to eat. Vanisa Fila, you have to be the tefillah. 
Your whole re essence should be I daven and I talk to Hashem day in, day out. I want to learn, I want to steig, I want to grow, I want to be close to you. Talk to a Baruch Hu day after day after day. Don't stop. If you train yourself to talk to Kaddish Baruch Hu, you'll have a kesher with Kaddish Baruch Hu. There was a miser with the Ksav Seifer. Ksav Seifer was the Rav in Preshberg. Misa happened that the Moishel of the city was once walking through the city and there was a Yid in town that had a servant or he had somebody worked in his house who was really a thief. And he sees this Moishel walking and he's got his big uh, peckle there and he managed to steal his purse from his briefcase or whatever he was carrying. It was a big, hefty purse with a lot of geschmacker money. When this Moishel found out that his money was stolen, by that time the guy had gotten away, he was furious. I, the Moishel, were here and walking in the middle of the street, and somebody was able to pickpocket me in the middle of the street in my city. This is not going to be, I'm not going to let this go. He got all the police, he got everyone involved, he had a search for this guy that he was going to find the guy no matter what, and these guys were searching every single place. Now this guy who stole the money realized sooner or later they're going to catch him. So he decided, what's he going to do? He hid the money in the house of the Yid. So let them find the money in the house of the Yid. Sure enough, didn't take long, they searched through the house of the Jew, like every house, they found the money. The Yid is arrested. He's got I don't know what's going on. I, I never stole any money. Somebody put it here. So they arrest him. They take him to jail. The guy comes, and he goes to the Moishel here. He says, I have to admit I stole the money, but the Jew told me to do it. So that's all they needed to hear. And so the guy was going to be killed. It was just a matter of days. They were going to put him on the gallows and kill him. Ksav Seifer finds out about it and he starts working. And he sends everyone to the Moishele ear. He tries to, to bribe him. He tries everything. The Moishele is furious. He's not listening. He's not talking. He's not handling. The guy is going to be killed. There's nothing to talk about. So Ksav Seifer goes to Budapest, the capital. And he tries to summon all the people he knows and he tries to pull every string he can pull and try to open every door he can open. He's working and working. And nothing... The guy will not listen to anybody, no matter what. This guy is going to be killed. There's nothing to talk about. The Ksav Seifer comes home the day before the execution. He's tried. He's worked himself to the bone. And what's he going to do? It's over. Farfallen. He tried everything. He lies down to sleep. Falls asleep. And the Chassam Seifer, his father, comes to him looking very angry. The Chassam Seifer says to his son, a Yid is about to be killed tomorrow and you are lying in bed sleeping? The Chassam Seifer starts to cry. He says, Tati, I tried everything I could. What can I do? I did everything I could. What can it turn? And the Chassam Seifer says, Davening! You're not davening. You can't daven. What's wrong with davening? You have to daven. The Chassam Seifer jumps out of bed. He calls his shamus. He says, wake up all the partners here, have them bring the entire city to the shul. We're going to have an emergency to heal him in the middle of the night. We're going to dive until the morning, all to heal him. 
the whole Kehillah gets together. They spend the rest of the night saying Tehillim. The next morning, before the execution, the top judge says, I want to interview this guy, this guy, one more time. And he interviews him, and he asks him questions, and the guy contradicted himself over and over, and the judge pushes him and pushes him, he finally admits that he's the Ganev. And the Yid was freed. All of a sudden, things turned around. The judge decided, I want to question him one more time. And the Boi took care of the rest. Daven. Daven for anything. Everything you have, you can daven for, because will listen to your tefillah. But you have to know that you can talk to Hashem. I just want to finish with something I've said many times in the Rosh Yeshiva. also mentioned that the Maisa with Shaya Bardeki swimming with his children on his back and he tells his daughter she can't stay on his back because he can't swim with her on his back anymore. He puts her in the water and she screams, Tata, you're my only Tata, you can't let me go! And he discovers a reservoir of strength and he swims to the shore and he says to her, my techter, always remember, when you dive into Hashem, you have to scream to Hashem, Tata, you're my only Tata, you have to listen to my tefillah. Rabbi said we can talk to a Kaddish Baruch Hu all the time and say, Tati, you're my only Tata. Listen to me. I need help. I'm having a test. I need a pair of shoes. I need a new suit. I need to find a toy that matches. I need, I need, I need, but talk to Hashem. And Hashem will listen to your tefillahs no matter what, no matter when, no matter where. But you have a Keshe with a Kaddish Baruch Hu and use it and talk to him. Doing the day, doing Shemona Esrei, but talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and you'll discover you have a kesher with Hashem, you have a relationship, and through that you'll be hoyleich lefnei Hashem, and through that we will be able to walk together to be as HaMashiach Meherub Yomim.